I'm leaving the AC on. I'm trying to be comfortable. Yeah, I got my AC on too. We're going to sound like shit this week. I don't give a shit. Okay, Concert Crusade Podcast. <laughs> That's that for some energy. You still sound defeated from my course, I think. I was just going to say, I have spent all day, almost a nine to five, laying in bed playing Mario Maker, and half of that time was spent playing your absolutely heinous fucking level. We're going to talk about Mario Maker because it's been a goddamn saga the last two weeks. It's a good game. It's been great. It's a lot of fun. I have enjoyed my time with Mario Maker too much more than Mario Maker 1. But anyway, Nick Durheim, I am EJ Olsen. We talk video games, video game news, just some, some goofs, some gaffes, a couple of tired fellas today. Every day. A lazy Sunday. Well, that's, yeah, that's accurate. I'm just staring at this big ass picture of you picking your nose right now. We got it like full screen? It's, well, not quite, but it's pretty big. You're not picking your nose. It's just an unfortunate screen gap. Aren't they always? Uh, well, we're chatting Mario Maker again now that we've spent uh, some quality time with it. Uh, we're going to talk the Nintendo Light Switch, which was announced a few days ago. Oh, boy. I've been saving my rage for this one. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little Splatoon, Nick, because Splatoon, it's been dead for a while, but it's, it'll be officially dead after next weekend. Uh, when the last Splatfest happens, people will come back for a day, and then we'll wait for a sequel. Officially, unofficially dead, because the servers still exist. We can still play. Yeah, just no more updates and patches and monthly Splatfests. Yeah, so we'll chat a little bit about that and maybe reminisce a bit, because we had some good times with the Splat Boys. <laughs> I remember the bad times more than the good times. Oh, uh, that's how it always goes, you know? Let's talk about the Switch Lite first, because this is the biggest news. This shit got just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah. I, would I woke up to the group chat with like 30 messages, and I was like, what happened? It wasn't even like their normal, well, no, I say normal, but sometimes they would drop news at like 6 a.m. our time, but this was at 5 a.m. our time, so I was just at work, I was like chilling out and i looked at my phone and i see all these tweets with screenshots and screen grabs from the video it's like wow they, they really just did that out of nowhere e3 was like three weeks ago four weeks ago and this drop hardware news out of nowhere i guess it, it, i think it kind of makes sense i guess if you're looking at it from like a investor standpoint you know it's like here are the games we've got coming out and let's look ahead at the hardware for the next quarter and making those two separate entities and then having like a after E3, I assume the stocks go up a little bit and the investors get excited and then you cap it off with some hardware news a couple weeks later and it, you know, you just continue to build on that. Plus, they had a really stacked E3 showing, all things considered. Like, there was lulls, but beyond that, I don't know where you would fit in a, a hardware reveal like that, especially when you're competing with everybody else's software reveals. Kind of makes sense to stick to stick to just the games. Yeah, I have no problem with the timing of the reveal. Like, they had something to show, and they showed it. Uh, unfortunately, it's what they showed. That's, you know, we've got, I think, mixed opinions on. But I don't understand what, uh, you'll have to elaborate more what you think is unfortunate about it, because it seems not like a slam dunk home run, you know, mixing my sports metaphors. <laughs> but it's still like a pretty 
like it it seems like a pretty appealing console all things considered i was comparing it to how the 3ds launched and that was like 250 dollars. and with the 3ds launch library that that system didn't have a good game for a year after it came out yeah the 3ds really suffered for the first couple of years until they got you know a legit pokemon game but let's let's break down what the new device is and then we can kind of give our opinions on it because like i said it's mixed it's it's not a grand slam as you so eloquently put i said slam dunk and home run i didn't mention a grand slam grand slam dude i just i just mixed your mixed metaphor it's true Whoa! a grand slam in basketball is when you dunk three basketballs at the same time javelle mcgee did that uh at the dunk contest like seven years ago or something that's pretty sick not as cool as Vince Carter through the legs. That was the OG oh, sick come on. moment. That's that's the that's the like the all time like that's when the dunk contest, you know, was resurrected and then died again. Yeah. With that moment. All right. The light switch. You're just gonna keep calling it that? Yeah. That's a good name. It's a great name. <laughs> uh the switch light, it's a two hundred dollar sort of downgraded version of the switch. No Joy Cons. It's all all in one unit, which I think is really cool. I have no problem with that yep. whatsoever. Same size buttons and sticks. It's probably the same hardware that's usually inside the, the Joy-Con, just right. not separated. It all appears to be. It all looks identical. Yeah, except for the D-pad, which they probably, with the Wemo, I guess, or the, from the Wii U Pro Controller, still have like the lines, the straight lines on the Yeah, I mean, the cross. This, that's the 3DS D-pad right there, man. Yeah. I imagine it'll be a little bit bigger than that, but... Uh, yeah, there's, so there's no, no Joy-Cons. It's got a slightly smaller screen, which is actually kind of cool. I think the screen will probably be fine at that size but you'll get a obviously better pixel density and so it's going to be a lot crisper mm-hmm. which which is great and i don't think the the current switch screen is like too small or too big i haven't really had that sort of experience where i was like man i wish i could see this better you see i sometimes see people complaining about not being able to read and i think that's you know definitely a possibility with certain games because they don't scale the ui correctly for a handheld but most of the time especially with nintendo first party i don't really have any trouble reading text on screen and i don't think that the difference it's what 5.5 now or for the light and the the old one 6.2 6.3 so that's a pretty Correct. modest like decrease like you'll, you'll notice it side by side but this isn't this is not a vita you know right right for, for people with bigger hands the body size itself will probably be sort of an issue that's kind of been the case it'll be lighter though so that'll be a little bit less strain i guess i get kind of like a numb wrist sometimes depending on how i'm holding the switch if i'm like squeezing it too hard like Mario Maker, I'll be like, you know, really gripping the shit out of it. And then I realize, oh man, I'm holding this thing way tighter than I need to. And I'm making my fingers tingly. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't play games like that on handheld. I just can't do it anymore. This might actually, I mean, I'm looking at it. It's, a, it's a, you know, more than an inch uh, smaller in, in both directions there. But that might, you know, work better. I mean, when I use the 3DS, it feels fine. I don't have any cramping. Unless I'm doing the, the claw grip because I need the shoulder buttons or something. But if I'm just using right, it... Right. You know, it's not a big deal. And it does weigh a little bit less. It doesn't have the IR capabilities. It does not have any rumble, let alone the HD rumble. Yeah, I was going to ask about that if it had, if it replaced the HD rumble for a traditional uh, motor system. No motor whatsoever, which is really frustrating. Like, it's nice to have that tactile feedback. It's not something you really miss until it's gone, but I could live without it. But we'll get there, but this device isn't really for me. 
And it's maybe only kind of sort of for you, depending on how lazy you want to be. We're going to get to the, the use case and the, the target demo. We'll, we'll get to that because I've got thoughts both ways there. But yeah, so, so no IR, so you can't use any of the Labo stuff, let alone the Labo VR. It's a different size unit, obviously. Yeah, and you couldn't take the side. It's like the Joy-Cons detach anyway, so yeah, I don't yeah. know what you'd... There'll be some issues with certain games without that HD rumble you know, or any rumble like in Mario, you know, use the vibrating function to find the moons and stuff in, in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So it's like developers will have to get around that. However, they get around that. Some games won't be compatible, but for the most part, you're going to play all your Nintendo first party stuff fine. And where there are issues, they will fix. Obviously, the biggest difference with this thing is that it doesn't connect to the TV, which is really weird. And I know there are justifications for it. There always are. That's why they do it. There were justifications when they shipped a fucking device, a portable device without a charger. But is that the right thing to do? Why did they do it? Can we be frustrated with this? I think so. What do you think about that? If this could dock to a TV, the only time you would dock it to a TV is if this was your second Switch. And I don't think that is the purpose of this one. I think it's more like for a kid or for someone who only wants to play on the go. Like, this is a handheld. It's a silly notion to think that there are people who only want to play on the go. Daniel, my little brother, splits his time a perfect 50-50. He, whenever he's home, he puts on the TV if someone else isn't watching TV. I hate to say, well, this is the handheld. This is the 3DS to the Wii U or whatever. Like, I think that's it's the same fucking device. And the Switch is the only thing that makes the Switch the Switch. Otherwise, it's a fucking Wii U. On one hand, maybe it's a thermal thing. Maybe the... The new body doesn't allow for them to ramp up that CPU and, and hit dock performance the way they need to without melting the fucking insides. And if that's the case, I guess you have to sacrifice that for the smaller form factor, which is obviously targeted at children and at parents who don't want to spend $300 on a premium device. They're buying a smaller, more portable, sort of plasticky, quote-unquote, sort of this Fisher-Price-esque thing, kind of like the 2DS, for their children. I get that. Yeah, and I wonder if this even has uh, active cooling because the, the regular Switch unit does have a fan or two in there. It's got the same fan, the grill on top. I imagine it has to have. Well, that could just be a vent for you know passive cooling. I was just saying active cooling, you know. I know that there were hardware leaks for an alteration to the CPU, both for this and for the, the main model. They're doing alteration. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still the same CPU. And so I don't know why, you know, it's not like the, the, the CPU is this big bulging thing that comes out the back. It's, you know, this thing is essentially the same size. It's the same thickness. It's the same thickness. Thickness. Thick, yeah. So, thick. yeah, that CPU cooler, I imagine, has to be there. And if it's not, that's a weird way to shave a couple of dollars off this thing. And Nintendo is not known for taking a loss on their hardware. Which, okay, more power to them. But cutting the TV functionality seems egregious to me. Not just for those of us who want a second Switch, or who would love a portable and a docked version, but having the ability to do that, even if it was like a cable you plugged in, or even if it was like you have to buy a separate dock, obviously don't include a dock. But this even has the exact same USB-C port. Like, it just seems so weird to me. Well, I mean, so does my phone, but my phone doesn't attach to the TV. That's not like... Could. If you wanted to, you just gotta buy a cable. Absolutely, you could. No, you'd have to get... Okay, so you know those, like, sketchy switch docks that brick switches? Yes. Those are 
a repurposing of a adapter that you can use for, I think it's for Samsung phones actually, but it's not just a cable. It's a, it's like a dongle attached to another cable. It's more than just a cable. But anyway, I don't think that this doesn't feel like they're cutting functionality because they're not cutting any functionality. They're making a new product. They're adding functionality <laughs> by adding a new, uh, a new SKU that different people with different financial needs can jump into the switch. Like from Nintendo's point of view, they see this as an absolute win. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, it's like they do, they do or don't make decisions in the past. They have or haven't for fear of like confusing the consumer and not wanting to, you know, dumb things that smart and, you know, informed consumers or anyone who does a little bit of reading, would never get confused, but Nintendo's so afraid of introducing anything that could throw a wrench in the in that decision making process for the consumer or for whatever. But they go and do this thing: the Nintendo Switch. Literally, it's called the Switch because it switches between handheld and TV. The fucking sound effect on their goddamn logo is the Joy-Cons clicking in, and this thing does neither. One of those is totally, I think, okay. Not having the Joy-Cons. The 3DS had the word 3D in the name, but then the 2DS came out. The difference being, the 3D sucked and they realized it, so they said, we don't need this. The Switch, the Switch's capability is the reason it it did so well. I don't think that Nintendo got rid of 3D because it sucked. I'm sure they got rid of it because it was cheaper to make a 2DS, and they could get it down to like, now it's $80. And it's just them removing functionality and trying to sell a cheaper product. They do that with all their handhelds. Yeah, but no one, the difference is no one cared or missed the 3D. It wasn't the selling. Well, it was a selling point at one point, but after two years of that, the 3D, no, no, in none of the marketing material did you see the 3DS look. You know, look how exciting it is to play our games in 3D. Like it was, yeah. And I'm sure they'll do that with this if people start playing only handheld. Because I don't know about you, but I know people that only play the Switch handheld, and I'm do sure you? there are other people that would only buy a dedicated handheld because it's a hundred dollars cheaper. Fair. I don't know why. Why. It seems like you're looking for something to be upset about just because they made a product that isn't tailor-made just for you. I think that is a really cynical way of looking at it. On the surface, it doesn't do the one thing it needs to do. Yeah, and they make the regular Switch still. I don't, I don't, if you want a second Switch, get that. <laughs> Most people, I imagine, there, I, there are people who are going to look at this and say, oh, I'd rather have this. There are the people who only play Pokemon, right? There are those people. They will buy this. Or Animal Crossing or any of the other bevy of casual games. Sure, but nine times out of ten... $100 is $100, but when you're when you look at the functionality they're giving up and you're looking at the value proposition of a $300 console slash handheld, spend the extra $100. Like it's $100. You're you're not spending it's not an extra $100, you're just spending on some, you know, fancy cut of meat you're going to eat and never it's like it's a fucking video game console you're going to play for the next 6 plus years. Spend the extra $100. To, to don't don't tr- give up that functionality. Don't tell people what their money should buy for themselves, I guess. I, I understand that who this is directed at. I just think it's a really misguided attempt. It's directed at 3DS owners. They were too cheap to spend $300 for the past two years. Maybe an extra 100 will will get them on board, you know? Especially for Pokemon coming two months later. I don't think there are that many people who haven't bought a Switch who want one because it was $300, not $200. I think it's because the games they want to play are Pokemon and Animal Crossing, and we don't have either of those. Now we will... So great. This is great timing. Obviously, it's why Nintendo did it. But how many people are going to go and look and say, oh, the Nintendo Switch, and either A, say, fuck, it doesn't connect to the TV, fuck it. Every Pokemon player in the world has said, 
for 20 years, oh my god, if only they made a console version of this game. And now they have it, and they're going to say, eh, fuck it, I'm going to buy the handheld version. No! I don't know if every Pokemon player's said that for the past 20 years. It's a very dinky kind of handheld experience, and the new one doesn't look like it's going to be... Not gonna blow your, blow anyone's mind. Well, not us. No, we we clearly see see through that. But there are plenty of ten year olds out there who are gonna be blown away by playing Pokemon on a, a giant television. Yeah, and they'll be just as blown away if they get a Switch Lite for Christmas and they're playing it on that nice widescreen with an actual pixel density that you can't count them with your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. I'm not saying this isn't a step up. I'm saying leave it to Nintendo to do something they should do, but bungling it in some way and and either getting a lukewarm reception or upsetting people. Like, why is it, why is it that difficult? Why? And why, why do we have to try and justify what they did? We know why they did what they did. I don't care why they did it. I'm saying they shouldn't have done that. And there's a way to have made everybody happy with this product. But dude, it's got a D-pad. It's got a D-pad. And you know what they fucking come out and do? Listen, they come out and say... There are no plans to bring a D-pad to the traditional Joy-Con. Fuck you, Nintendo. That's fucking stupid. Well, we don't want to confuse the products. We don't want to confuse the consumer. The Joy-Cons are meant to be played with other people on the go. You can't do that with a D-pad. Fuck you, Nintendo. I'm so mad about this. EJ, you're getting mad over nothing because that's just PR speak. They just say, we have nothing to announce at this time. I mean, it's just a... They control their own marketing. Like, if they have something like that, they'll announce it on their own time, not when they're being asked about a separate product. You're not going to pimp out a product that you don't have in replacement for a product that you're trying to sell in that question, you know? Case in point, if you're going to drop this fucking product with the one thing people have been asking for for three or two and a half years, and now people are in an uproar about it. That's the one thing people have been asking for. What have people been asking for more than a D-pad? Good internet. Being able to, like, you know, message your friend. Or not have to add someone's nine-digit Mario Maker code once you've already added their 12-digit Nintendo Switch ID. I'm talking about the hardware itself, okay? The console itself. Yeah, Nintendo's online lacks, and that hasn't changed. Bluetooth audio. Joy- Joy-Cons that don't have a drifting left stick. Oh, okay, let's talk about that. I just had my second set of Joy-Cons go haywire. It is insane that they, A, only offer a six-month warranty on a brand new set of Joy-Cons and only a year on the console, especially when they knew about this hardware deficiency and that now I'm just fucking screwed because Nintendo made a shitty product. Yeah, I wonder how much they actually knew about it because the Switch was obviously rushed out the door because they had to get the console out with Zelda to save themselves from the death of the Wii U. Listen, if we knew about it within 24 fucking hours of the product launching and Nintendo didn't know about it after two years of a dev cycle, fuck Nintendo. Yeah, but they ended up hot-fixing, and they fixed later revisions of that issue, which was a connectivity issue, not an actual, like, drift issue, which it might still be that, but I know that um, people would send in their Joy-Cons, and they would get them back, and it was the same Joy-Con, had the same serial and everything, and it had a piece of, like, foam with, like, a magnetic, it's like getting signal interference or something from the backside of the, or the underside of the, the, the stick. Yeah, they need to fucking get that shit figured out, because obviously, it's not like they make this stuff, they're just like, Walking it through a warehouse in China and be like, "Oh, yeah, this will fit. We'll use that. How much? You, how much you want for them? I got twenty bucks." They're like, "All right, you get the whole bucket." The Switch Lite, I think, is a great product in concept, targeted at an audience who is yet to make the transition. Totally agree there. It's frustrating that they nerfed this thing. I think that's going to cause issues down the road. People are going to buy this thing, and and surprise, this doesn't hook up to the TV, and that, that's going to be an issue. Inevitably. And like I said, is I think this 
people might look at this and say, well, it's not, you know, I might as well pay the little, you know, a little bit extra cash for the wireless controllers. And, you know, th this thing has no kickstand. And so it's like, and they're going to start marketing this probably, hopefully, differently than the Switch. But leave it, I'd leave it to Nintendo. I wouldn't be shocked if they continued their, their normal Switch marketing. The fucking hipsters on the rooftop and, you know, throwing the thing in the backpack and multiple Joy-Cons on the bus, but just sell this, and there's going to be a lot of confused customers out there. The one Switch Lite commercial you see every six months might have that disclaimer, but I, I feel like this is going to cause some confusion. And for a company that does not like introducing that sort of conflict for their apparently idiot consumers based on the decisions they make. Um, this seems really strange to me. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see this. I see this being an issue. I see it still selling well because like you said, there are plenty of people who only want to play Pokemon. It's a hundred dollars cheaper. That's the big thing. hundred dollars, man. I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I feel like a hundred dollars for a piece of tech is not that much money. Yeah. And most people don't spend a lot of money on video games. We're in the, we're in the minority. You have how many Xboxes do you have? <laughs> And how many do you play? I would never compare those spending habits to the average consumer. But I just mean for something that you're not going to buy another thing for another six to ten years. What's a hundred dollars? A hundred dollars is cans and bottles for a fucking, you know, for six weeks. <laughs> I mean, if you if you are buying LaCroix like you and I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could buy a couple of switch lights with our bottle drop. Dude, bottle drop? You have uh, bottle drop up there? You use it? Is that like a specific thing so you get these bags and you have a skew a customer skew or whatever and you basically just fill up these green bags slap your sticker on it you just drop them off and they count your cans scan them into your account and so it's like you can go in and pull whenever you want and it's like oh we've got 210 bucks in our bottle drop account all we had to do is recycle the way we normally do and drop it off we don't have to get our hands sticky you don't have to feed machines and it's just like a little savings account you have going. And like you said, the amount of LaCroix that comes through this house and the amount of beer that comes through this house. We have that. We need to actually set it up because when we went there, I didn't know how it worked. So oh, we just treated it like a normal like bottle return kind of uh, thing. Okay. We just had like a little little cart, you know, a little shopping cart basically full of our bottles and cans and we just did it ourselves. I think if you uh you have to like buy the bags, how does that work? Next time you're up here. We'll make a day yeah. where we yeah. will set up the, we'll do the bottle thing. We'll get some Thai food. Oh, we'll hang out. We'll chill hard in my, in my cozy little basement dwelling. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was, I met up with someone, um, whatever day I came over to your place last, I was over at Chance's house and you know, we're saying bye. And he's like, what are you doing the rest of the day? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go sit in Nick's basement. And he just laughed. He's like, you're always going to sit in a basement. He's like, you make it sound like. You know, and I, I, I just thought it was funny what he was picturing. Like, I'm gonna go sit in his basement. Like, what are you doing? Like, dude, he's that got a, a good mental image. Got a fucking basement <laughs> with a couch and a TV, and it's just a, it's like a big living room. Well, I mean, he should know by now. The only instrument you play is the one where you sit. So, <laughs> oh, got him. Anyway, listen, Nick. I know why you're you're sitting here. You're always playing the devil's advocate. You're the yin to my yang. You're always trying to keep me level because I overreact to things. Uh, my, my, my anger is disproportionate to the actual grievances. I recognize that, but I also don't give a shit because this is how I feel. Yeah, which is totally fair. You don't have to take my my input as like guidance and steering you the way you should feel. Like I'm just trying to give you some counterpoints to consider. And I appreciate your 
don't know, you're very strong-willed and you make it very well known what you're what you're feeling and how you're feeling about certain things. So we need that in this world. You know, you look at you look at the the price cap of these fucking things, man. And it's like the Joy Cons are eighty dollars. Obviously, the cost of, of production and the consumer price are obviously there's a vast difference there. But you look at where they're cutting that money and how that translates and where those proportions are at. And it's like the, the Joy Cons are the bulk of the fucking cost. Well, I mean, they still have a lot of the other the guts to the Joy Cons just inside the shell. You know, you still have all the buttons. You're not missing any. It's not like a Vita where you don't have two sets of triggers. You know, it's the, all the buttons are there. It's still got the gyro. So yeah. they still use that in quite a few games, like the Splatoon for aiming and Breath of the Wild for... They kind of use that for, like, fine-tune aiming for a lot of their stuff. It just doesn't have the auto-brightness because it doesn't have that little sensor in the screen. If you use auto-brightness, you're a terrible person. Set it yourself like a normal person. Ah, it's too bright. What do I do? Fucking goddamn it. <laughs> you, you press the button, you slide the slider. Um, <laughs> here's a question for you. Do you think the ability to dock uh, or to output is going to be a hardware limitation or do you think this is going to be a software limitation or do you think that there are going to be somebody who just tear, tears apart a dock and does a little mod and makes a cable that will allow this to output you know well people will mod it pretty immediately but i mean you can mod the original switch to do like video capture and like output of the handheld resolution handle screen so i don't know that's not going to be co- comparable uh, it I'm pretty sure it is like a chip built into the console itself. Maybe not. That might be what's in the dock itself is the all the hardware necessary for it. But it would probably be a software thing where it doesn't have a boosted clock speed and like a because they actually, you know, they they limit the the switch the the CPU quite heavily when it's in handheld mode to yeah. try and preserve power and keep thermals in check. But when you put it in the dock, then that clocks it up and then outputs to a higher resolution than the screen can even do so it would make sense that it's a software limitation you might get people hacking this thing but i don't know if it would even fit in the current dock it wouldn't need but like to. i said it does have that weird little cutout both like if you look at the the product images you can see the cutout on the back of the console itself and you can see the little the two little dots on the bottom where the USB-C charging port is so i wonder if they had originally planned on it being dockable and they just decided not to or if there's going to be a switch revision later, they're going to be modifying the dock and they're going to be like, haha, surprise, you can dock the, the handheld only one now. Or what? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I w- I'm not in the R&D room figuring out what they're doing when they're doing it, you know. So that leads to so many other questions, right? Is it just going to be a software limitation? Someone's going to hack it and you're going to be able to put that, you know, output to the TV, but you're not going to get the full performance because it's it's being told to only run it in, in mobile mode, which is quite underclocked um, for that lower resolution. So in that case, your, t- your game's going to look like shit. But if you can prove that with minimal effort, it's dockable, then essentially it's like, okay, is it a thermal issue? If it is, Nintendo, can you be transparent about that at least so that the people who are upset about this will be understanding? Like, if it's a thermal issue, we get it. Uh, I, I don't... I don't. When have be- they ever been more transparent, especially when it comes to hardware? I feel like their hardware choices are the things they keep the most tight-lipped about. I know. I just, it's a new era, man. It's a new era for Nintendo. And you'd think, you would hope that they would learn from the mistakes of the past and that they, you know, could do, be a little more consumer-friendly the way some of the, you know, the other companies like uh, uh, Sony and Microsoft are. Yeah, I just don't think that this is egregious enough to be calling it like a mistake, you know? 
I could be cool if the, it still had that feature, but I don't think it's really missed for a console that's being touted as the handheld version of the switching main version. And if you want that that ability, you fork over the hundred dollars. Like it's two different classes of like people who want this kind of product. That's also frustrating. On the other hand, then that okay, we have the handheld version, and we have the non-handheld version. Well, is the non-handheld version going to be you know significantly stronger? If it's just going to be a home console version. Then where are our perks? Because the Joy-Con and HD Rumble are not perks. Your perks is having a hundred fresh U.S. dollars to spend on whatever you want. No, I, I mean, I mean, for us, the people who have the OG, if you're going to split this thing up and say this is the handheld version and this is the console version, well, the console version you need to do a lot more with this because the Switch itself is supposed to be the handheld version of the Switch. So if it's not anymore, like, is that where that revision on the CPU is going to come in? Is it, are we going to get? better clock speeds are we going to get better performance i just i just feel like the switch is already nerfed the switch knows how bright it is outside and it will adjust the brightness oh that's the that's the perk. that's what we're yes. getting it just seems so weird yes. to me how nerfed the main skew is because it has to be a handheld games have to be developed in a way that they can be played in both portable and handheld mode so games are significantly nerfed graphics and performance so that it can reasonably meet both standards but now we're getting something they're, they're splitting the market in a way that they said they weren't going to or didn't want to and that's why the switch existed because it's this hybrid thing but now we're splitting it again so i want the switch pro i want the console only version and then i want a cloud system that lets me have both breath of the wild runs better on the switch than it does on the wii u high resolution 900p versus 720p so it's stronger than the last console. The Wii U was awful, and it wasn't a, a last-generation console. It was an Xbox 360 with a Fisher-Price gamepad. No, man. It was like three Wiis duct-taped together. And also, your hand never went numb holding that gamepad. It was nice and thick. Dude, I was... And not too heavy. I liked that thick one a lot. It was terrible, but yeah. I liked it a lot. It was thick. It felt cheap, but boy... Aye. Well, You could listen, draw on it. I wish I was able to better, better articulate my beef... My rage no, is... I understand. I just think your your rage is a bit misplaced. I'm just saying, it's fine to be a little bit like, why doesn't have this thing? Like, I, I wish they would be more clear about that. But at the end of the day, it's a $200 Switch that's uh, for people that have had 3DSs and DSs and Game Boy Advances. Well, probably not because it's like 10-year-olds that had a DS. That was a hand-me-down. Then they got their own 3DS and now they're time to graduate to the Switch Lite. And it's like, oh boy. Can't wait to play Pokemon on this thing. What's a national dex? Is this enough to entice those people? Like $150 maybe, right? Like $150, that's, I mean, that's cheap. $150 would be super cheap. Is this really enough with the strip back features? Is that enough for, for those people, again, to look at that and say, oh, now I'm on board. Wait, it doesn't do X, Y, and Z? I think it's, a, it's, it's enough for a good spread because you have the 2DS at $80, the 2DS new 2DS XL at $150, the Switch Lite at $200, and the full-blown Switch at $300. So you've got this wide array of products at different price points for different people and different kids and all that kind of things that's going to be swinging for the fences this holiday season, especially when everyone's holding their breath until we see what's actually coming out from Microsoft and Sony. Nintendo's going to have a banner year this year. Well, you think? Yeah. Hardware sales, software sales. You got a lot of good games coming out. Mm, we'll oh, see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. All right. Well, I was saying earlier, you know, Leaf's going to text us with some smart-ass fucking response to why the Switch Lite makes sense. And uh, Listen, Leaf, I'm going to get out ahead of it. Boo fucking who? 
You're missing the point as always. Your sassy text is not warranted. Okay. You're really putting him on blast for something that he hasn't even done yet. Because he does this by every like, fucking episode. Where he, by like three days, you're jumping listen, the Listen, he fucking does it every episode. He, he makes some smart ass. It's like, clearly, I was like, Leaf, did you listen to the conversation in context? No, he was busy typing out his angry reply. Yeah, he hears one thing and he goes on this fucking tangent. You know, he either emails or texts us or whatever. Leaf, I appreciate it. I love that you listen. I love that you hit us up. But you got to listen, man. Critical listening skills before you lambast me in front of all of our other friends, okay? <laughs> Nick's losing it right now. Swallow. <laughs> you got me right when I was taking a sip. That was dangerous, man. About to ruin this microphone and one of my monitors. Oh, God. Man. All right. Ooh. Fuck it, Nintendo. Listen, all that to say, I'm still going to be buying one for my girlfriend. <laughs> okay. And I told her, I said, Sarah, I can't. I, I know there's a janky way to like play. You know, one's your main switch. One you can play just online, blah, blah, blah. It's janky. And I'm not going through that hassle to play on two switches. But what I am going to do is I'm going to buy that other one for Sarah and say, you need to play Pokemon. You need to play Animal Crossing. And then I can make an account and I can make my second Animal Crossing Island, which I always have two, Nick. You always have two. Okay. Twice the resources. You can go into the other person's town, drop all your cool things. You know, come on. Um, yeah, I have two. Uh, I have. I bought physical and digital so that I could have two fucking towns on the 3DS. <laughs> I'm a sick man. You are sick. I'm broken sick in the man. head. Oh boy. Okay. So, so all I have to say, I will still be buying it. I'll be frustrated by it. But Cheryl, you know, she probably won't miss the TV functionality, and if she does. On the occasion, we can do the janky workaround to get her games on the Switch on the TV, whatever. What color are you getting, and why is it turquoise? Uh, no, I am going to wait for the Zelda Special Edition, because you know that thing's going to be cool as fuck. That does seem like a pretty pretty likely thing. It's coming out the same day the as Link's same Awakening. Day! And we have a shitty Pokemon version, but no Link to the fucking... Link between Link to the... What? Link's Awakening, <laughs> well, Link's Awakening, whatever it's called. Link to the Awakening. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> A link between dreams. We're also about to go into this um, next segment, talking about Mario Maker, where we're just going to praise Nintendo and how fun the games they make are, while having lambasted them and saying, fuck Nintendo. I said fuck Nintendo like 14 times. Yeah, I mean, Mario Maker's not like without faults or anything, but most of those faults are either things I don't interact with, but are so overlookable based on how much fun I have with everything else that... As to not matter. I think a lot of the issues with the game are very quality of life things. Some UI issues. And they made pretty major additions and patches for the first game too. Yeah. And that was back in the Wii U days. Yeah. So this, this will certainly improve as we as we move forward. But Nick, I feel like we're already at 43 minutes here in this podcast. We have so much more to talk about. This game has blown the doors off of my, uh, my recent lapse in, in gaming. This is the second weekend in a row where I have foregone all my responsibilities and just sat either on the couch or in bed and just played games for like 10 straight hours. So that's that's good. It's Well, it's not good, but it's great. No, it's good. It's great. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so much to talk about when it comes to the actual game itself, the levels you've made, design principles and concepts. And talk to me a little bit about you made a couple of levels. I was there for one of them when you were finishing up. Uh, and then you made a second one, which is a real son of a bitch to play. And my brother and I and a couple of other friends, it kind of became this like, 
world record, uh, you know, who's going to get the fastest time trying to speed run this insanely difficult level. We have to be damn near frame perfect. So last time we talked, this is a long intro for you here. Last time we talked, you were lamenting your lack of ability, your lack of creativity. Have you overcome that? How have you? And what's your experience building been like? Well, I feel like I can recognize what I like and try and search out ways to enable myself and others to play that way. And that has been a big jumping off point for me in terms of not just being creative, but just getting that first step. And I've been inspired by a lot of uh, both the single player and just like the most popular courses that they sort of shove in your face in the, uh, the course world. And that's been a lot of fun actually making these levels and tweaking them. And like, it's the minutia that I love when I'm songwriting where you're like, I like this part, but how can I change it to make it just a little bit trickier, a little bit cooler, a little bit more fun, uh, make it so that there's different avenues, different ways to go about the level to try and encourage like, you know, you've been doing the speed run stuff and that's like so fucking cool that's so gratifying <laughs> to like see different people chasing after a world record for something that you made you're like god that's so, <laughs> that's so tight that's so tight and it's the experience that i would have loved to have had in the original mario maker but i just didn't have any desire to make levels and you were the only other person with a wii u so it's like what am i gonna make levels right. for you he doesn't even like playing mario games he got it so that daniel could fuck around and make him a level 30 bowser so that he can jump over them all and beat the level he's like oh but you didn't do the thing so that was just a different experience. That was a different game, a different era. But this, I'm just like having a lot of fun deep diving into all these crazy levels that people are posting online. And even this, the most, the really, really clever, I love the really clever puzzle levels. And I was probably talking about this last week too. So I don't know what I'm retreading on, but it's just, I see a lot of inspiration everywhere now that I've like actually started making some levels. And I don't know how crazy I'm going to go with making, I feel like, I'll just sort of play until I get a cool idea and that'll probably be the the inspiration for my next level. Like I had a lot of fun with this most recent level. You're talking about how brutally difficult it is. And yeah, it's really hard, but I like playing it because it's really hard. But I had the most fun was just like sprinkling in the visual design and like making a sort of narrative almost with just like the fire. I've got all these fire flowers everywhere and the first level I was just having you spin jump on spinies because that was a fun thing to do. But now it's like they have a reason for being there and Mario is traversing this level for a reason. And it's a swamp area. So I put in the piranha plants. So the only things that you're interacting with this level are the spinies, piranha plants, and these goombuds, which are like little <laughs> goombas, but they have like plants on them. They got bud plants on them. So it's all forest themed and everything. So it's just like, I really like how everything is cohesive in a, in a design aspect. Right. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see sort of your journey from that first level you did, Spring Delivery, where you, you, you were just struggling initially to come up with a cool mechanic. Like, what's this level going to be about? Right? What's going to be the thing that you're doing in this level? And you settle on, hey, we're gonna, you're going to have to take the spring with you throughout the level and use that to traverse. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's a cool concept. So for me, it's really interesting and it's really fun not just because we're buds, but because I genuinely like these more creative levels where it's not just simple platforming beginning to end, necessarily. It's not just 1-1. One, one. 
Right, exactly. It's uh, and and it's not you know what you see a lot of the the shit online. You see the auto uh, the auto run. You see the puzzles with all these trap doors and dead ends that lead nowhere. You got things that jump out at you. The surprise deaths. That's that's bad design to me. That's not fun for me. What I love about your levels is that what you have to do is so fucking obvious, right? Once you figure out that mechanic, you're like, oh, duh. Nothing's jumping out at you, and, and it's not Mega Man 2, where it's like you have to be frame perfect and memorizing. <laughs> you know, like the spiny jump one, your, your, your first spiny jump is, is extremely difficult and is like you really have to, especially to get you know, a top speed, you have to like perfect the platforming, right? You almost have to be frame perfect in that platforming. But you, you, you think about that when you're building, Nick, and you, you know, for example, in that first half, you bounce up the spinies, up the thwomp, and then there's a thwomp that hits a switch and it builds a platform. And now there are multiple ways to get to the next part. You can either, you know, you can all do it in one go and hit the thing, or you can land on the platform and wait. You can jump to the turtle and use him to hit the thing. There are different ways to turn those switches on and off. So if you aren't as good in doing this all in one go, you're able to accomplish it in a different way without compromising the shtick of the of the level, you know? Like, that's good design. Yeah, and that came about in, like, a very natural way because originally, when I was first putting it all together, the only way to do that was by kicking a turtle shell into the opposing on-off switches and doing it that way. Otherwise, you'd be stuck waiting for the, the thwomp to go across again. But then I realized that it's really fun to like get that momentum and like zigzag up through the spinies and like get you can bounce on top of the thwomp and they get super high up. And I thought, oh, it'd be really cool if I put it. I put it originally it was over on the far right side of the wall, but that was like a little bit too easy. I wanted it to be a little bit more finesse. You want to like slow down instead of like just holding right the whole time. You want to feather it back and like really get more control over over Mario. And I thought that was more entertaining and more satisfying as a player. Well, your your level building taught me what I am looking for to Mario level. I love speedrunning levels. I love it. I like short, sweet. You got to figure out what the mechanics are. You got to figure out the level and then execute. And, you know, my brother and I started doing that on 4th of July when you're, you had only built Spring Delivery, which, by the way, you can hit up our Twitter at console underscore crusade. We're going to post some of these codes and a couple of videos. Uh, you can peep those if you're on Mario Maker 2. All right. Shouts out. At Press Till Death, that's Nick. At E-Jiggle, that's me. We've been going back and forth with clips and stuff uh, this weekend. Yeah, so. as, you try to, as you try to surmount the Everest, that is my Spiny Jump 2. So, okay, we're going to get to the Spiny <laughs> Jump 2. I want to talk about Spiny Jump 1, though, because, like I said, it, it sort of uh, awakened something in me. And my, my brother, him and I were going back and forth. He beat the level first. It was last weekend, right? I think it was Sunday. He beat the level first, and I was like, you son of a bitch. So then I got it, and then I got it down to like a sub one minute. I had like 59 or 58 seconds. And then I was like, I got to beat Nick's clear time, which you, had, I think, had 30 seconds. When I got it down to like 33 seconds, I was like, damn, I don't know if I can get any better than this. And then I get it down to like 29 and a, and a tenth or whatever. And I'm like, Nick, I beat your fucking clear time. Felt really good about it. it took me all day, whatever. Well, later in the week, a mutual fella in our lives, someone I haven't spoken to in, in many moons, but you are still um, very much in contact with and, and whatever. He saw us going back and forth on the Twitter and he fucking beat my world record on that goddamn level after spending hours and hours. And when I say hours, I mean fucking like nine hours trying to perfect it. 
you know, throughout the fucking day and nailing it and then talking shit to my brother. But he fucking beats it by like a half second. God damn it. So that I don't know, it was a couple nights ago and I couldn't, I couldn't really play during the week. So I was like, fuck. And I was like, I knew he, he did it to get under my fucking skin because he's got two world records. One is on Max's level that he probably didn't try particularly hard to get the world record. And two, the one fucking level that we were all going back and forth about on Twitter. And so he gets it. He throws it up in my business. And I said, God damn it. I have to take it back. I mean, I was telling him to play my level too, because I want as many people to put their hands on this thing as possible. I want to see what everybody's like strategies are and how people accomplish what they're doing. But you know, he beat that level and then he beat it again and he beat it again. And then he spent six more hours trying to beat my world record. That was the driving factor there. And you know it, you know it. I don't think he spent, I don't think he spent that long on it. I think he found something that you never found. Is there some, did I miss something? I think you might've because I posted my playthrough where I took the world record back. I, if I missed something, I would love to know. It might add a little bit of context into what I replied to you with. <laughs> wait, wait. So you said, damn dude, took the low road. Now what you said? Yeah. See, now I have to go back through. I got to find this video of me completing this fucking level. Talk to me here. Don't make me go back. Let's do this live on the air. I want. I want to. I want to see how you how you feel if you figure it out or not. Really went the low road. Okay, I jump. Boom. Boom. I'm What's going. What's the up. lowest road? I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. I'm watching. I don't know. What am I missing, Nick? Is there a skip where you can jump over something? There's a low road. That would imply. Yeah, no shit, asshole, but... W- that there's a high road. What's the low road, EJ? What's the lowest point that you are on the level? When I when I jump down and I, I do the little skip where you thread the needle in between all the spinies instead of bouncing on them. Which is a very impressive move. I was I was very impressed by that move. <laughs> it is really hard. Clear. It, really, is, it looks hard. <laughs> it's really difficult. It doesn't look fun at all. Those hitboxes messed up, that messed up, like... Vertical spike. <laughs> right, it's stack. fucking stupid. <laughs> so dumb. So I'm scrubbing through this goddamn thing. Again, you can find it on our Twitter, at console underscore crusade. So when you go down there, have you thought about bouncing on the thwomp? Yeah, I, I mean, I did at one point. The thwomp that goes all the way to the right, right before you do that jump down. Yeah. I mean, I had certainly considered it, but I you can't make the you can't make the spin jump from the platform onto the thwomp. No, you can't. You got to jump on the red shell and then on the thwomp. And then can I go up from there? Maybe. Well, bust out your switch right now and try it out. Ah, <laughs> Live you on son the of a bitch. Listen, so you're telling me I beat his fucking world record time by doing the hard route flawlessly. And I still managed yeah. to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying I could probably get this down to probably 26 seconds if I go up the oh, thwomp? Oh, not that short. No, 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 no. You, you'd get sub 28 though. You think? Probably. Yeah, probably. So, wow. So, so you jump off the thump, you go up. Um, there's something cool up there. There's something up there. More stuff to bounce off of, or is it? Can I just run on the platform? More stuff to bounce off of. And then you jump straight to the finish line, or I still have to jump to the little uh, upside down T. Why don't you play it and find out? That's the only one way to find out. I've already told you way too much. I'm surprised you didn't figure that out yourself. Jordan found it pretty quickly though, because he's like he's like searching for cheese. You know, that's the way he beat Max's levels. Is like he. He did something in an unintended way because that's the key to speed runs, you know? I mean, that's, that's my, was my thing is I'm look, looking at how to cheese this level. I didn't consider that I could go up. However, this is now makes sense when Jordan responded with holy shit when I posted my video because he's like, damn, you that's, fucking... You went the hard way. You went the low road, dude. <laughs> wow. That makes me with feel better. super quick turnaround in the, the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I was super impressed by that. I, I've, I'd never been able to get that 
one jump turnaround on the left side. You know, it's, it's left fu- side of the S. Like, it's fucking hard. I'm sitting here being like, how did Jordan shave that time off? He had to be, you know, because I'm finding points in the level where I can shave a half second. Like, there are points where you have to double jump on a spiny to re redirect yourself. Right. And I'm like, oh, I can shave half a second if I do a, if I do a just perfectly time the half jump into the full jump. And most of the time you'll lose momentum, but if you just get it right, you can get enough momentum to, to finish the rest in one go. Um, it's like, oh, I can shave a half second there if I can nail it. On the first part where you jump spiny, spiny right, spiny thwomp, spiny left, up, and then the thwomp again. We sound like crazy people if you haven't played this level. If you do <laughs> half jumps on those, you're, you're not wasting as much time in the air on those full jumps. So you do like, well, they're like three quarter jumps, right? On each of those, and then on the thwomp, it's like a half jump. And I'm like, okay, I can save a little bit of time there. Um, and, well, hey, I ended up knocking off like a second and a half for my time. My previous record. So, hey, you know, I feel good about it. You want to talk about Spiny Jump 2? You made Spiny Jump 2. The revenge. The goddamn revenge. You son of a gun. Yeah, so it took you, um, you and Andrew both took about 40 minutes to an hour getting through Spiny Jump 1, as I still love it. Initially. Initially, yeah. Initially, yeah, right, of course. And then you both got down to like a minute or so, and then you started your world record chase. <laughs> yeah, but This one is a much longer level. It's broken up into sections. Each section co- probably could be a level akin to Spiny Jump. Uh, my clear time for it is 53, 54 seconds. I don't remember. And I feel pretty good about that clear time. I, I felt pretty good about 30 seconds for my clear time for Spiny Jump 1, but then now that you guys have got it down to 28, I wish I could like compete with it, but as the uploader, I can't actually submit a new time and also if i play through the level normally it doesn't even give me a time at the end it just says dashes just really annoying but i hope that you guys can beat this level and it would be cool if you speed run it but i understand if you don't like it's not really it's not really built for that it's not really a level that's has a lot of ceiling for optimizing you right know, it's pretty much like just execution it's purely execution there's like one right white one right way to go about it. So I, I mentioned this earlier when we were playing it because we spent quite quite a bit of time, my brother and I, in Discord with you, trying to, you know, get through this thing. There are three sections in that level and three checkpoints. However, the difference between Spiny Jump One and Spiny Jump Two is that there are significantly fewer repeatable uh, sections. Right where it's like, hey, if you can just execute this flawlessly, you're good. There's way more room for error with the hitboxes and some of the narrow gaps where it's like, you know what I mean? It's not as repeatable. So it's way harder to speed run, even if you are running really, really well. It's just, this is a level where it's figured out and just get to the end. And I, I'm getting to the end in different ways. Or I'm getting to the checkpoint in different ways every time. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to get better, but it's just, it's it's so much tougher. Like that first tunnel, the margin for error is so slim that it's just... You know, you're you're finding you're finding four or five different button presses that barely get you through at the right. You know what I mean? At the, just at the nick of time, or whatever, and finding new ways to die. I'm still finding new ways to die that I did. I'm like, oh, I never hit that block before. How did I do that? So yeah, but for me, like a lot of the execution in the first one was kind of it was kind of like brain dead. Once you figured it out, it was like really easy to just do. Like you said, it's a hard level, but all things considered, I don't think it's like super hard. Like it's just holding right and like spin jumping and like either doing a long press or not pressing at all. Like that's a lot of the input for that level, except for that end tunnel that you got down to a science. And that was the most time that you spent with the level was like honing that one thing. 
right. which I think that's the most fun part is like getting that execution down perfectly, which Spiny Jump 2, there's a lot of that, especially in that first tunnel, which is an homage to the tunnel in Spiny Jump 1 right after the, the checkpoint where it's like, how are you, how long did it take you to get through that tunnel the first time? Quite a bit of time. But now you can just blow, you blow through it. It's so easy because you just do a short jump and then you jump, 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 hold left, jump, jump, jump. Like it's really easy now. <laughs> but I yeah. want I wanted to play off of that and be like, listen, bitch, you're gonna have to do like a middle press jump it's in the f- middle here. And then stupid. also there's spikes two tiles away on the right side, so you're gonna have to turn around real quick. You know, I really wanted to play with that concept. That's why it's the sequel. But yeah, definitely not a speedrun course. There's not really a lot of um room for error or room for improvement i think i'm sure it very easily could be beaten my score like that's not saying that my score is the best score that's possible but like and also at the same time you see a lot of these courses that are on the uh popular play that are 20 second speed runs which those are really cool like you've played those but there's not really any room for speed running like you're not improving anything because they give you a 20 second time limit and guess how long it takes you to beat it exactly 20 seconds so it's just like, oh, you mess up and you die, but you're not like shaving seconds off. You're not shit. You're not getting that time down. The sense right. made running like a real video game. Yeah, I, you know, I have to, I have to be really careful because I'm I'm gonna beat the damn level, Nick. But I am also gonna like have to say I'm not speedrunning this level, and inevitably when Andrew comes in and beats my time, you know, whoever else, I I can't, I can't waste my days playing the same level. I can't spend 48 hours on the same level trying to, you know, beat one of the two other people who are playing this level against me. You know what I mean? I can't. I gotta. I'm not gonna speed run this. I just want the the sense of of pride and accomplishment that comes with beating this level, knowing that hey, you, you designed a good one, but it's serving a different purpose <laughs> than than the last the last two even. Because I also got that world record on the uh, uh, spring delivery, which took me a little bit. You feel pretty like. Like you can't improve it anymore. I think maybe I could get a like a second off, maybe, but second's a long time. Uh it's a pretty long course though because the low gravity makes everything feel kind of slow. Yeah, I, I I think I have a minute thirty on it. It is a relatively long level, but I, I think of where I could improve on that level, and it's like there are really little things like make sure you jump through the pipe the first time. Sometimes you miss that jump, right? That's the very beginning. If you don't get the three platforms at the beginning of the level perfect the first time you got to restart Got to reset uh uh uh, the turtles if you even think about fucking the turtles up you got to reset so i more or less did every section perfectly i think i probably wasted a little bit of time like hit the on off switch at the end of the level like twice you know what i mean like i hit i was like oh fuck i gotta i gotta open that part up so that's like you know that's a tenth of a second i guess i don't know so you got a pretty pretty optimal that's a that's a weird one because some of the execution on that is kind of tough with the spring jumps and the the whirlwinds like those can be pretty annoying but it was just me sort of like figuring out and like getting my feelers out there just making something i just had i knew i just had to make something otherwise i would never have any like idea what i like to make right you know you, you broke the seal man broke the seal so i think my next level i would like to do a return to form something similar to the way spring delivery was where it's still built around a theme i really like thematic levels i think that it's like here are the three items I want to play with and then play with them. And then I want it to be a not difficult level, especially after how much of a pain in the ass Spiny Jump 2 was to make. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to that some other time. I'll, I'll ruin you guys' weekend another, another weekend. 
but I want to make something that's easier. Maybe not easy, not like hold right and you win, but you know, something where finding the optimum route is more fun. Like the speed running aspect is more interesting. Sure. I think that'd be really fun to to see you guys go back and forth because that's giving me a lot of pleasure. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, like I like it's 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 fun hearing you guys struggle and like beat your head up against it and like know that you can do better and know that you can do it. Like I get that feeling from you like when you're getting this frustration, but it's also really, really fun seeing that time getting shaved off and this the screenshots and the little jabs being like, oh, bitch, now you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I've had a blast with it. Yeah, we were playing today and Andrew and I were talking shit and like listening to him fuck up and then hearing your re- just your reactions to him or I, I was laughing my ass off. I was like, the most fun I've had all week. So I dude, I miss when we just hop on Discord together and like banter while we do whatever the fuck we're doing. This is a perfect game for that. A lot of the games that I've been sort of wrapped up in prior is not a good game for discord like i'm not gonna play a grpg while on discord you know sure maybe if i'm doing like meaningless grinds for side quests but if i'm doing that then i should be playing something else exactly (laughs) well this is this is great i I think what andrew said was you know i wish we do a beach trip we've been doing for like i don't know fucking six years now seven seven years and six yeah and i feel like they're getting later every year we're like we're going in october we had to just move it to october it used to be we would go the weekend after um, Labor Day, Memorial Day. I always get those two. Labor Day, right? Yeah, the Labor Day. Week, that like school's back. Yeah. So we would go the weekend after that because the the beach was always filled up to the to the last second at that beach house that we go to. Well, they're getting more and more booked. Unfortunately, it's it's getting you know we used to used to in the off season you could pick any weekend and it'd be available, but now it's like it's ridiculous. It's they're they're blowing because. Uh, this is a, in a total aside the people who rent that place only rent it to people that they know and then like the network of people who have stayed there so as the years get on more and more people have stayed there and then get the contact info and that so now it's like fucking just crazy but he said man i wish the beach trip was sooner so we could like capitalize essentially on this the mario maker hysteria because we did that a couple years ago when mario maker came out we just sat there fucking around taking turns yeah i remember that this is a way more optimal version of it, not only because we all have switches. We all have switches, yeah. Uh, but it has like proper multiplayer and which I haven't tried yet. I, I don't know how that. I know the online one is hot trash. Big surprise. But I would like to check out and see if there's any good courses that are made with multiplayer in mind. I played one earlier that seemed like it would be a good sort of. It was like a racetrack. Well, not really a racetrack, but it was like four different pipes. So each one, each person goes into a different pipe, and then you all go vertically in the same you do have the same obstacles and stuff and then they pile you in at the end that seems like it might be interesting i wonder if you could do that for players locally shouts out to mario maker this has really been you know this has been an episode of, of sort of the highs and lows of of our relationship my relationship at least with nintendo and the way <laughs> i feel about them it's there, there's a great you know ambivalence to that relationship but uh, just a, let's spend just a few minutes here, Nick. We, we mentioned Splatoon. I think we went a little bit longer uh, uh, ranting and raving there. But just a little bit about Splatoon because it's coming to an unofficial end, like we said. And uh, before we are able to record again, we will have hopefully both participated in together the final Splatfest. Which is interesting because we rarely... I've done like two Splatfests in the last two yeah, years. I've done, I've done maybe three three or four if i was more invested in the game and like getting better loot and stuff 
I would probably be more hyped about them because it's a really good opportunity to um, get those. I can't remember what they're called. The little tickets that you give to the oyster guy and he can like refresh your gear. Like it's a really, you know, obscure, weird system. And like, you don't really have to, you don't really have to interact with it in any way. Like it doesn't really affect things too much unless you're like crazy hardcore about it. It's just like a fun little thing. Yeah. It's more an excuse to be like, hey, get everybody back online. Let's play together. And it unfortunately hasn't happened. I think part of the issue is also that it ends on Saturday night. It's Friday, yeah. Saturday. And it's like, it's only 24 hours. This this one is twice as long, though, which is like, thank God you actually get a 48 hour period. Heaven forbid you do that for any other spot fest. Right, right. That, that's that been the biggest hindrance because, you know, Saturday night rolls around and we're all together or we're all available. And it's like, oh, it ends in 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, but Splatoon. I don't know about you. I mean, we played quite a bit together, but I went so hard on Splatoon 2. I mean, probably hundreds of hours. I'd have to check, but between playing with Leaf and Drew and you and then my brother and my little brother, you know, when he when, when Daniel got his Switch for Christmas, Splatoon was one of the games we had ready to go for him, and we spent... Uh, I, I remember that was when we got snow, right, on Christmas uh, Eve, and we had snow mm-hmm. for a couple of days. We just sat snowed in just playing Splatoon for days on end. And it was a freaking blast. I mean, it's such a such an interesting concept, but like the Nintendo fied shooter, right? Like, how are we going to take this genre and and do something no one has done before, but in a way that still honors what that genre can be? The sort of this, it's sort of this. It's a shooter, but it's a it's like a team fortress sort of like objective based. It just it's very interesting how they ended up how they ended up doing it, and it it just it hooked me in a big bad way, and I miss it. Every once in a while, we'll hop on, we'll play a few rounds, and. It's like, man, if only we had the time to like do this for an hour every night or for a couple hours on the weekend together, just hooting and hollering, you know? That's why the, the Splatfests are so cool, too, is because you can actually do Turf War with your friends on the same team. Right. Because you both choose a team and they have to put you on the same team. Right. So it's like, yo, we're all choosing order. We're all choosing chaos. And let's, let's bring this bitch, you know? And Turf War, I honestly, I think Turf War is the most fun mode. I'd like the other different, like the the fun, like the ranked modes and the, what's the other ranked? There's like two different ranks, but there's one that has like the, the football that you got to like collect those mollusks and throw them into the hoop. Like it's just a kooky little thing that's just a little bit different from the, the normal mode or like the towers or the, see, I haven't played in so long. I can't remember any of the names of them. It was the one where you get the big, the big gun, you get the crazy like like laser rifle gun that you can kill anybody with it, but you move super slow and you have to push it into their, their side. It's like, it's like football basically for us. We rarely played ranked. We played either salmon run, which was, you know, uh, uh, waves of enemies, but then it was, but it was more about the bosses than it was like, well, they have that in horde modes, right? But typically it's like wave, 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 and then boss or whatever. This is just like, a million bosses coming at you and it gets crazy. Like, yeah, it's just that none of them are like strong enough, I think, to be considered a boss. Fair, fair. It was still a lot of fun, though. It had its yeah. issues with the way the online was implemented and the times of day you could play and then matchmaking was weird. And But but it was a lot of fun. We spent a lot of time with that. But yeah, just Turf War, just the classic Turf War experience. I still never played the single player for that game. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you ever got around to that. Never did. Never got the expansion either because I just I just want to play online. Yeah, I never got the expansion either. I'm sure Leaf is going to text us and be like, yeah, it was actually really good. Yeah. I listened to the soundtrack. Really good tunes. Fun fun soundtrack. Very evocative of our, our earlier days. Good shit. 
Yeah. So what is a what does a Splatoon three sequel look like? I know we've we've I, I've bitched about it on the podcast before and we've talked about it. It's just gonna be like another port of Splatoon again and it just you gotta have to sell another version just to renew interest. What does that yeah, look like? I don't think they could get away with that again. I think they succeeded so much with Splatoon two over Splatoon because it was the the one on the, the console people wanted. And that was they could totally just coast on that. I mean, they've done that with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and that game has sold like 15 million copies. So, like, yeah, by all means, Nintendo, make the good games you made on Wii U available on the Switch. A Splatoon 3, I think, would need a lot more to, like, be a reasonable selling point, you know, because Splatoon 2 is already on the system. And, yeah, it's not going to get any cheaper, but, like, it's got the established fan base. If you're going to put out a sequel in the same system, it's got to have something worth getting it for absolutely so what do you think both what do you think nintendo would do and what would you like nintendo to do with a splatoon 3 we've talked about this before and we've argued about it but i think they could absolutely do a battle royale mode i think that's it wouldn't work it could work i just think so much of splatoon is based on painting the ground and moving in that paint that it would be a completely separate thing and what would be the point of there being a Splatoon Battle Royale if it's nothing like Splatoon? I recognize that point, but I think a Fortnite with the Splatoon characters in the Splatoon world, but with that travel system, the way to you know navigate the world, you can paint the walls and you can you can turn into a squid, like that would add a really, really interesting wrinkle to a game where you're just killing things. And maybe instead of building things, you're using that method of traversal to to interact with these really vertical worlds or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think it could be really interesting. I would actually be curious to see Nintendo's take on that. And not a copy-paste of something that exists, but the idea of a Battle Royale, but taking those mechanics in Splatoon and doing the Fortnite thing with it. I think that could be really interesting. I'm sure it could work. I don't... I just think it's trying to fit a a square peg into a round hole. Like, just because it has guns doesn't mean it's ideal for a Battle Royale. I think Breath of the Wild is much more suitable for a Battle Royale. At the end of the day, I hope Nintendo doesn't do a Battle Royale, but oh, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. You know, H1Z1 with fucking Zelda characters. Yeah, sure. Or just like stealthing up on people because they can't hear you because you're crouching and like finding weapons. You have to kill Bacoblins so you can get their cool weapons so that you're better equipped against the opponents. You're fighting someone and their sword breaks. So you're just like, oh, yeah, you're mine now, bitch. Well, it's funny because the, the, the Battle Royale genre... <laughs> Is so diverse. We, when you look at you look at some of the the OGs that were hardcore, the PUBG, the the H one Z one, the whatever, where it's yeah, and they all have like a they have like a survival sort of that's what they are. They're built out survival games. It's a survival game, but with a hundred people that you're competing against. It's not a sh- it's not a shooter. Shooting is like secondary to that. You know, it's you finding things. It's you getting kitted out and being like, I need to make myself stronger so I can survive somebody else trying to kill me. I feel like Fortnite and Apex have just become essentially just PvP shooters with like really weird mechanics in yeah. different way. You know what I mean? And and that's so when I think of Battle Royale, I think less of the, the OGs who were very much like you could run around a level collecting resources, not running at anyone for 10 minutes. And now it's a very quick kill your opponent, but now you're throwing fucking wooden blocks in their way or, you know, jumping around 
in your fucking mech or whatever. You know what I mean? So there is no jumping around in the mech in Apex Legends. Oh, really? Yeah, there are no Titans in Apex Legends. Uh, Apex Legends is basically just the same as Fortnite, but instead of building stuff, you have cooldowns. So oh, like okay. Overwatch cooldowns. So like different characters have different uh, abilities and it's a character shooter, but you're still finding the guns. Like nobody has like their gun. You're still finding those. You're still finding backpacks. This is a blue backpack, so it's better than the the green backpack, you know, that kind of thing. Can you tell that I have not played many battle royales? Yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell I've played three? Yeah, or two. Not my uh, not my genre, but that that could be one way uh, when you when it comes to game modes. I can't really think of anything new I'd want. You can't really improve the graphics of a game like that. I can tell you. You got an idea? Are you familiar with a little game called Destiny? <laughs> All too familiar. Can you uh, imagine a raid with Splatoon characters and getting better, like, <laughs> getting gear and like stuff to plug into your 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 character, unlocking different shirts, different equipments? It's basically doing like a combination of like the single player levels and Salmon Run. But it's just like you and a crew of people running through and like killing one of the single player bosses or having like a platforming challenge. Cause that was like a lot of fun in the single players, all the little platforming challenges and like sneaking around. You have to like actually use stealth in this area because there's a sniper over there. Or imagine that there's two snipers and like, okay, you flank them, I'll like distract them over here, you know, that kind of thing. I think that uh, Splatoon is really tailor made for that kind of kind of gameplay. That's interesting. That could be a really interesting. Uh sort of marriage there syncing those two things up i that would be that'd be really cool obviously we still need you know the, the turf war and the rank modes there are a lot of oh, quality yeah. life upgrades they need to make in a third iteration oh yeah uh, with how rank mode works how maps are selected like it needs to be more like a traditional shooter i think they made a lot of these uh design decisions out of like fear of not having enough players and maybe that's a valid thing, but as the Switch grows... Or just trying to be a little bit more user-friendly, more beginner-friendly, which I do appreciate. You want to play online, you just hopped into Turf War, and you're playing online, and it's as easy as that. But you're, you're totally right. They should have better lobbying systems, especially if you have friends on Nintendo Switch that it's useless to do anything else with them. Can we at least like get on the same team sometimes? Jesus. How many times we played? And you'll play for like three hours straight, and that one time, all four of you on the same team, and just the just the unanimous cry, ah! <laughs> when it happens, like so yeah, rare. You can you can all get on the same team if you're playing ranked or if you're playing team ranked? But like you're playing against other people who are team ranked, they're all gonna kick your ass because they're actually good, and you're just four chuckleheads trying to play turf war. But there's no turf war in ranked. It's all like the special modes, so you're sol. Why is there no ranked turf war? That's another thing. Quality of life. We're, we're making these complaints. I think there's some really cool ideas there. Keep improving Grisco. I think Grisco's really cool. The right, the salmon run. There's three or four maps, which is like not a lot, but they started out with like two, and they just added a, they added a couple over the the lifespan of the game, which I think it's because they you know kind of cranked this out two years after the original one came out. Isn't that crazy? Splatoon one came out in 20, summer 2015. Splatoon two came out summer 2017. And yeah. we're already like in summer 2019. There's no Splatoon three in sight, so I would imagine that there's a fair possibility of it coming out, like actually having a Splatoon three come out next year or the year after that, if they have like ideas and like cool right. new things to add. Otherwise, they're cutting support. They're not doing more spot fest. They're not doing more patches. They've they've run their course 
on the two years of Splatoon 2, which right. I think initially it was going to be one year, and then it sold gangbusters, and they did the expansion. It's like a, yay, we did it. Here's like a cool single-player thing for you guys, if you sure. want it. Well, hopefully next week we can all sync up and actually play together and sort of revel in that in that fun one last time. You know, for me, Splatoon, it was right when I was finishing up school. It was before I was working for another company full-time. And so I would spend long stretches of time up in Portland, you know, and I would crash at my cousin's place. And that was good for me because I got to see a lot of you guys a lot more frequently. You know, I just remember sitting on the back porch with my switch on the with the kickstand, you know, my my pro controller, drinking a beer, the fire's going, and just playing Splatoon for like three hours straight on the back porch, you know, and yeah, just like I having think that, that was time. actually, I think that was launch weekend when we convinced both uh, Dre and Max to get a copy of the game. They both ended up like selling it or returning it or whatever, but Max fucking hated it. Oh, buddy. Yeah, he was not about it. Yeah. Like, dude, you got to shoot above the person. It's a third person shooter. Yeah, Hit the ground. Hit the ground. <laughs> uh, How do you miss <laughs> the ground? <laughs> well, this has been a very uh, 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 fun episode for me. Uh, my blood pressure is probably through the roof right now. I should probably uh, uh, watch that. I am on the Concert Crusade Twitter right now. I'm going to just retweet a couple of things. Our Twitter has been so dead. I don't know how to grow a Twitter for something like a podcast without just like spammy hashtags and or at replying. It's just bigger podcasts. It's yeah, it's such it's so much work. And I just want to. I don't know. I just want to uh, have that audience, but I don't know how to grow that. So if you're listening, follow us on Twitter. Don't follow EJ. He'll block you. Yeah. So I want you to just get on Twitter and report him or something. Search his name for any incendiary language that he may have used six years ago and bring it up in an embarrassing fashion so Disney could fire him. <laughs> I would, and then rehire him and shame six months later. I'd be surprised if there was anything like that on this Twitter. Certainly in the past, but those Twitters have long since been uh, uh, deleted. So, <laughs> Anyway, Concert Crusade, hit us up. I'm going to go eat some goddamn noodles and try to finish your level, Nick. Be careful with that blood pressure.